Hey, Colin Time, Lulu, many thanks. True, you sent me some stuff there last night, this morning, uh, about um, Zimbardo's Stanford Prison Experiment. Uh, pretty interesting stuff, all right. Uh, there's another one I was reminded of, which is Milgram's uh, Electrocution Experiment. I think it was done in the 40s or 50s or something. And they basically found out that uh, people will basically do what they're told to do by people in white coats, you know. People in a position of influence can... Uh, can make other people do all sorts of crazy shit, you know? But, uh, very interesting stuff. Check it out. Thanks, Lou. Hey, Larry. Just following up a bit more on the Gary Bay stuff, I do believe that originally when he was coming onto Anchor, he was getting support from them because he would just pop up in number one and just stay there. Whereas now, he actually seems to be more in the middle of the charts than at, always at the top. So I get this distinct impression that he's going on his, you know, the basic metrics. I don't think he's getting penalised by Anko. I mean, that would be pretty crazy of them because, I mean, his people would figure that out. But then surely they would have figured out what's going on Ah, anyway, <sighs> I'm just going to, I'm going to try to stop playing leaderboard games because I'm not actually interested in the status of it. I'm just curious as to how it all works. Hey, Larry, I thought I would just say specifically what it is that I am interested in, and that is social systems, and that includes social media systems and how they affect the people who are within them. And this particular talk by Zimbardo, who's a Stanford prison project guy, he wrote a book called The Lucifer Effect, I think it was called. And this TED talk that I'm going to put the link to the caption in uh, my call-in here looks at how if you put just regular people in particular situations, they will act in accordance to how the infrastructure is set up. And that can be to do very bad things very easily, despite on their, despite their own moral compass. So I'm interested in what kind of a social system Anchor is setting up by the way that they're doing things. So I just wanted to be really clear there. Psychology of Evil by Zimbardo at a TED conference. I'm just putting this in here because I didn't put the link in the last one. But I'm putting it here in case you want to know about the bad shit people will do when you put them in a scenario that will make them bad do bad things. Mm, it's dark, but still interesting. Okay, big question here. You ready? You're about to step into the shower. You open the door, you turn on the shower, the water streams from the shower head. You look down and you see a spider struggling, scrambling for cover. What do you do? Call in, let me know. I'm interested. This stuff keeps me up at night. Let me know. Okay, call in. Just one. That's all I've got for you. Um, Patrick, we live on a planet. Nice one. Appreciate you checking out my stuff. Uh, glad you enjoyed that little conversation from earlier on today. Uh, if the rest of you folks didn't catch it, it's earlier on in my stream. Um... I was chatting to Ray about mastery. See what you think. 
Thanks again, Patrick. I shall zip over to your station presently and uh, check out your stuff. Have a good one. Hey, Larry, it's uh, Patrick from We Live on a Planet. I wanted to call your station and thank you for your interview this morning uh, with Ray that I caught about mastery. Uh, yeah, you know, I've wore a lot of hats in my life and I still don't know what I'm doing. But uh, I'm looking forward to more of your episodes. Obviously, I'm only human, so I haven't been able to catch up all of them, but I've been trying to keep up to date with what you have. So I'm looking forward to more of it. Thanks so much. Learning lots. More Collins. Woohoo! The story, Larry, is morning glory. No, I really, I was really enjoying the station today. Some great stuff on there. Um, the coffee, coffee gate, as I shall now refer to it. Um, I've got an in, a question for you. If the love supreme, when the, when you had substandard coffee, what would it take for you to actually stop going there? Say, for example, the next time you went there, you had the real barista and everything was okay. But then the time after that, it was back to the woman who gave you a watery coffee. What, how, how, where's the tipping point where you say, you know what? It's a love supreme, no more. But, um, I, I also, I'm also going to weigh in on the whole animal debate. Um, but that's coming in the next segment, in the next call in. Lewis, what's the story, Morning Glory? 1995-96, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on the beer. I was actually on the beer with a couple of English dudes, um, living in Philly at the time. Great album, brings back some good memories. Um, the coffee thing, I'll answer that first. So, what would it take? Um, I suppose I could, I could forgive them. Uh, as if they need my forgiveness but from my perspective I could forgive it once or twice but if there was a pattern developing and I don't know how how that pattern would kind of play out but I'd say um, like today I went in there today right uh, Love Supreme on Manor Street went in and um, I was disappointed new guy on the on the barista machine uh, hadn't seen him before, probably in there a couple of weeks. I don't go in there every day, but this this guy hadn't seen him before, and uh, was disappointed with the coffee, you know. So I don't know, maybe they're growing a bit. Maybe the owners are taking a little bit of a back seat, concentrating on other things, and uh, they're bringing in staff to uh, do the job. Well, if they're not trained, I might talk about this staff training um, next week on Biz Tips. In fact, I'm going to stick it in Wednesday. Biz Tips. Uh, how important staff training is, and I I can tell you from my own perspective, it's a big mistake if you don't you don't do it. But um, if the inconsistency uh, <laughs> was anyway consistent, that's the best thing I can say. Well, then I'd be gone. Um, so I don't know. Maybe a couple of times I take it a couple of times and I say, ah, to hell with this. Yeah, it's an interesting one. There's one thing um, since uh, Costa Coffee moved in here. I believe they're an English company, a British company. I could be wrong. But since they, they've places all over Dublin City, I think they're further afield as well. But there's one thing that they do. Like their coffee is good. I, I, I like it from, you know, as brand, as brand uh, multi-outlet places go. Um, uh, they do good coffee. And it's consistent every single time. And every Costa you go to, it's the same. 
and I like that about Costa. I would I would buy a Costa before I'd buy a Starbucks. Um Starbucks uh you could say are are well rehearsed as well. But uh there's something about that Starbucks I don't like. But Costa do it. On the button every time and our baristas are on the ball. You know? I've yet to have a I don't know if I've ever had a bad Costa, you know. Anyway, hope that answers the question. Good to chat to you. Um, thanks for calling in. Here comes the other one on meat. Um, I've struggled to. I've struggled with the whole meat thing myself. I try where possible to avoid it. It's it's so ingrained into my diet that I find it really difficult not to eat, and actually quite miss it when I don't eat meat. Um, I mean, why do we have taboos around certain meats? That's a really good question. I mean, <laughs> I've never tried anything that's considered exotic, like horse or anything like that. But the human, the human thing, like, oh, I, I you know what? I, I, I can never imagine a time where I'd be like, do you know what? I really fancy a human burger. <laughs> it just there's just something that sounds so weird about it but yeah great great stuff earlier and i'm really ex interested to hear about this uh the mastery your segment on mastery so i'm going to give that a listen yeah lewis i i don't know um if i could cross that line myself and uh, it depends on the circumstances i suppose if you're desperate enough to survive maybe maybe you would but um I'm reminded of that recent show, that new show on Netflix. It's a, it's, it's about um, not zombies. What is it about? It's about an apocalyptic world where uh, human beings are cast out into the desert, and there's this group of of cannibals, and they capture people, and and they. Uh, it's a pretty weird show. They capture people and they chain them up, and then and then they chop off their limbs, and there's. A, there's some weird scenes in it. I watched probably, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes of it, skipping forward and stuff. I, I, I had to turn it off. I couldn't watch it anymore. It was, it was fairly grotesque. Um, maybe I should have given it a chance. I don't. I can't even remember the name of the show now. Um, anyway, maybe you know it. But um, for now, for me, I think I'll just keep eating meat because... Uh, I like it, and besides, I'm eating paleo at the moment, I'm trying to lose a few pounds, and uh, it's all meat and veg and fruit and stuff. So if I give up meat now, I've nothing to eat except vegetables and fruit, and uh, I don't want to go there. All right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming in, uh, calling in, um, chat to you, mate. Thanks. Good morning, good people of Internet Land. Larry here from the Daily Nerve. Hope you're well today. Today is Friday the 9th, is it? Anyway, I think that's what we're calling it. Um, today is all about creativity on the show. Uh, today's episode is about uh, the question, what is creativity? Who gets to be a creative? What is it? What does it mean to be creative? And I'll be discussing this, monologuing on this subject so uh, tune in around midday to get midday lunchtime-ish uh, to get some of that. In the meantime, I've got a couple of call-ins uh, that I want to play for you on the subject of mastery from yesterday's show. Um, Damien called in last night while I was snoozing 
and uh, had some things to add, so uh, I want to play them for you now, and I'll check you later on. Hey, what's up, Larry? I wanted to chime in, give my two cents on this um, question of mastery. Um, yeah, uh, Ewan Ray, um, I think was the guy's name, um, you guys basically pointed out that uh, 10,000 hours is really more kind of like a stepping stone to mastery like there's no really achieving mastery um i remember you did the math on it coming up to five years um if we're you know doing it by 40 hours um in a week <clears throat> also you either you or ray mentioned making the thing you're doing personal uh i 100 percent agree and i would like to add that you know the moment that you comfortably personalize the process like making it an extension of self that's like the first step <clears throat> that's the first step to proficiency um because really there's no mastery in my opinion but there is proficiency and i think that's the real goal that we all are secretly reaching for i would also quickly like to add about the ten thousand hour thing specifically um i think that that concept is it's interesting as a thought exercise and to incorporate and the turn turnover as an idea but it it kind of feeds into what i think is a false creative narrative that there's a goal to be achieved because as, as someone who's been creating now two decades two decades plus i i gotta be honest and keep it real there's the moment that you reach that quote goal there's going to be another goal there's just going to be another goal that's just that's at least that's how it works with um with my art and that's how i think it works with art um a brief example um is that when i was in my teens um i wanted to get um better at punchline rapping um and then i studied some punchline rappers practiced i got really good at it and then i wanted to get really good with metaphors new goals